right, here we go. We have the Surprise Lake Middle School Principal's Office podcast. Um, Today, I have the superintendent that's taken the time to hang out with me. He assures me that there is no way that he's going to be able to fit all this into 10 minutes, but we're going to give... I can edit anything that I want out of there. So, Mr. Alfano, can you introduce yourself, your background, and your time in our district? Yep, my name is Kevin Alfano. Um, I've worked in the district for... This is my 22nd year believe it or not, um, and my fifth as a superintendent. So I started in 98 as a, um, a classroom teacher at Fife High School, spent four wonderful years here at Surprise Lake Middle School as a dean of students after teaching the at high school. It probably was the highlight. Uh, then I transitioned down to Columbia Junior High School where I spent one year as an assistant principal next to, on to Endeavor Intermediate School principal. Um, across the street there, and then uh, transitioned down to the central office six years ago, and the last five have been as the superintendent. Nice, nice. Yeah. Which, actually, when every time you say 22 years, you know, that was, like, you were five years into education when I started at the high yeah. school, and I remember you were doing your internship that year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird the how the, the, the trails have gone. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so... Um, when did you decide to work in it? I know this is an interesting because we've had this conversation. When did you decide to work in education? Well, this is a, this could be a 10-minute podcast <laughs> right here um, because my journey into education uh, was a windy road out of high school. It wasn't typical um, graduate from high school, go to college, um, graduate from college, student teach, and start teaching. Um, it was go to community college uh, because I made not very big efforts in high school. And so it was to go to community college, uh, transfer to WSU, um, spend two years there kind of trying to figure out what college life was about, uh, quitting WSU, coming home to work construction for a year. Uh, And in that year of working construction, I had an opportunity to go back and uh, be an assistant baseball coach, volunteer in my hometown uh, with one of my former coaches. And during that spring is when I thought, you know, not just about coaching, but just about the influence that the teachers that I had in the past, I had time to reflect on that, uh, and the influence they had on me as a person, not so much in creating my path into education, but just as a person. And that's when I decided education um, was going to be my path. So I went back to Central Washington um, University, and within two years, I was student teaching back in my home high school that I graduated from. And a year later, I was moving to Fife to teach. And from there, question goes number one, question one. <laughs> goes back to question one of that path that I've had in education. You know, I think that, um, I, you know, I'm guessing that was already in you. You already had that, that, that idea of teaching and working with kids and coaching and things like that. The one thing that when I went to Australia for a year, I remember I went, that's kind of how I felt about Fife, where I went, nah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll move home to Montana afterwards. And like that one year really just went, okay, I, this, is, this is now my home. Yeah, this is where I love it all, and this is what I do. So At, at some point it all becomes clear mm-hmm. in what you want to do because when you're coming out of college, you don't know – you know, especially the journey I had in six and a half years of college. I didn't know where I was going to land. Um, and so the doors kind of open, and when they open, you go, uh-huh, that's got to be it. And best decision I made is to come to Fife. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, what is one thing that students or the greater Fife community would be surprised to find out about you? Yeah, it kind of goes back into question number one, because I, don't want, I didn't want to set the stage that I was, you know, some... Um, rebel in high school. I was a good kid, and I loved 
high school. I loved everything about it from sports to friends to the schedule, the social. No, notice I'm not saying a lot on the academics. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I got okay grades. I did just enough. Um, the surprising thing that kids would probably, and I told my high school kids when I was teaching this, is I graduated with a 2.6 grade point average. Um, obviously, in today's standards, if you were to say to someone that wants to aspire to go to college and become a teacher, just to get into college, you need more than a 2.6. Um, but that wasn't really the culture I grew up in. I didn't grow up in a culture-going environment. Um, like I said, I was a great kid, and I loved my high school experience. I was involved in a lot of different things, from sports to uh, leadership to uh, extracurricular activities. Um, just academics and, and schoolwork wasn't one of them. And I was a late bloomer. I mean, when I look back, I was a late bloomer um, as far as maturity. Um, and so I really didn't fall in love with learning until about my fourth or fifth year of college. And that surprises some people because here I am, the superintendent of a public school system. Uh, we are all about teaching and learning. We're all about uh, you know college-bound students. And um, it surprises some people to realize that my own journey through academics and through um, my educational journey is is quite different than people would would think. Well, I think that you know, I, I, as far as your leadership is understanding that we have all kinds of different kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, a lot of times we, in, you know, if we're, we're just in education and we think of the world of education, I think that helps give a perspective. There was a couple years ago where you did uh, a talk and you were talking about your neighbor. And I think that you keep a good perspective on what the world is like outside of education. Right. What it is to for that kid that maybe is a late bloomer and maybe they don't get... They don't. They don't figure it out right away, but they can still be successful. Right. So, um, yeah. No, I, I think, think that's a compliment or a compliment. Yeah, I, think, I don't know what I was. Saying. I think there's good. I, I try to bring to my leadership, and I think it's it's real and it's more applicable today than it ever has been. Is we're not just about the academics; we're about the whole picture of a kid, and a lot of that starts with just the one-on-one -on -one interaction, the relationships. Um, and I've been able to build strong relationships. Uh, over the course of my career in education and outside. And I think it all goes back to everybody has a story about their educational journey because everybody goes to school. Um, and we have an obligation and we have the responsibility to make that a positive experience no matter what the kid's future holds. Perfect. Wow, man. I, we went, Okay, we're at about six and a <laughs> yeah, half minutes. And that you. was like, that was a money right there. That was a money statement. I almost would Maybe we could do part one, on part that. two. Oh, that would be exciting. Uh, okay, what makes a good day at school for you? A great day at school for me um, is when I get to the office um, and we have, um, we're organized, we have a day set forward, whether it's meetings, whether it's opportunities to interact uh, with the buildings, but then when we leave the office at the end of the day and we know that we're doing everything we can to support teachers and principals uh, in their jobs of, of working directly with the students. It's a different mindset for me. Um, these last five years, I've had to learn that I'm not directly involved on a day-to-day -day basis with students or even administrators or teachers. But what we do every day indirectly supports what principals are doing. And I believe the work that we do um, is truly in that supportive role. So a good day to me is we leave the office and we know that we're doing everything we can so that Guys like you and your colleagues have everything you need to touch every kid in our district. Yes. I'll tell you, um, 
Mr. Nelson and I, we were just at a walkthrough at Endeavor, and we were talking about um, some of the, the things. We had talked specifically how he was over here and he was sharing a book with me, and I went, geez, I got this pile of three books of teachers that have shared with me. And I, I, we were talking about how that influence, he's just he's so excited about what's going on. But I think that when you talk about collective teacher efficacy, right, and you brought in uh, Jennifer, Jenny Donahue, yep. and, and that influence has is come all the way through into even even we have our cross-curricular teams we have a connections class so from teachers that are working together um, and then just understanding that like we're all in this together and we're yep. working together so um, like I said I think I see what you're saying and that's an important thing so appreciate it um, what's the best thing about being in education being a teacher being superintendent yeah, I think to me it goes back to we have the opportunity to really impact lives of kids. And if we're honest and we're realistic, we know that not all kids are coming to us from the best situations. But we have the one opportunity for some kids, and maybe it's just a few, but for those few kids that we can really impact in a positive way um, their lives. And we can give some kids hope where they don't feel hope when they leave here. Or we can give them support when they don't have support when they live, leave here. Um, the, the biggest thing about being in education today is it's hard, but it's great, satisfying work. And it's really impactful work uh, for our community and for our democracy on the biggest level. I think it's the foundation of what we do in this country. You know, I'm, I feel like we're getting pretty serious right now, and I think maybe we just come back to the like a good point of like you say the uh, the best thing about those impacts of kids is kind of like I, I'm thinking in my mind, uh, or like a, a, a knucklehead from Buckley can be the superintendent sure. of five uh, schools, the premier, and uh, you know. A, a little bit of a hillbilly from Shepherd, Montana, yeah. can get there. So yeah. that, that's that's the funnier way of saying the very intelligent right. thing that you said. There's hope for kids out there, right? <laughs> Look at us. We're kids. doing a podcast, you know, 40 years into our lives, where if you would rewind 25 years ago, our teachers might not think we're doing a podcast about education. Yeah, in no fooling. Years. No fooling, I'm sure. Um, okay, there we go. All right, now what's the last book you read? Now we can we can go back into the intelligent thoughts. Yeah, the last book I read, and we did. Um, I gave every principal, and I gave some of my uh, neighboring colleague superintendents a copy of John Tanner's book called "The Pitfalls of Reform," and it's just a fantastic look at from a guy who was his career is based in. Um, state testing and building and, and analyzing st- uh, standardized tests and really what has that done to education across the country. Um, and it's the perspective of someone that used to be all about standardized testing, uh, really a book about wake-up education systems because we have done harm to our kids by solely using this data for improvement purposes. Uh, and so it was a fascinating read. Um, it's a really kind of a technical read, but it actually opens the door for great conversations. And I think here in Fife, we're going to continue those conversations about re- really redefining what is accountability to us. Right, right. Um, and, you know, I, I'm proud that we don't have to, the pendulum, we don't have to swing all the way from relying solely on standardized testing back to not, because we've always kept the test in a, in a really appropriate mindset or manner we haven't put all of our eggs into that basket but i think it's a good reminder that in this day and age with the current students we have and where we're going in education it's less about those standardized tests it's more about building 
um, skills in kids that transfer after they cross the stage in graduation. Right. And I'll tell you, I loved, I loved, loved, loved that book um, because it's something that I've kind of held on to as we went through No Child Left Behind and understanding that there's so much more to a kid. Right. You know, you don't get an education to go, let's move this number to this number. Right. And, and um, I think that that's something that we're, like you said, the pendulum, we didn't have to swing because we didn't get too far over on that right. side. We weren't I mean, we're chasing that. Yeah. We weren't chasing that through No Child Left Behind. And that's attributed to our former leadership. Um, we didn't chase that carrot that said we have to be all about numbers and kids are all about test scores. Um, that being said, as it swings back, we do have some work to do to realize, okay, we need to monitor because we have more and more kids that struggle with learning. We have more and more kids that we that need our support in their growth. And so we need to be able to identify and say we're really preparing these kids, but we need to identify really what we're preparing them for. Yeah. All right. Uh, what excites you about being in education right now? I think that, that work right there, man, I think that is um, the exciting part of us is that we're not just about – preparing kids for May so they can take a test and we get the results back in June and then we dissect what went wrong and do it all again. I think we're an exciting part here, especially in Fife, of really building a whole child district from not just our philosophy and education and teaching styles, but also matching the facilities. Um, As you know, you're right in the heart of it here in Surprise Lake, man. We're going to uh, be demolishing half this building and building a brand new 100,000 square foot facility that is going to be really um, a piece of that whole child puzzle. It's going to be a facility that promotes um, a lot of autonomy, a lot of uh, freedom and, and flexibility, but also a lot of creativity and innovation. And so we're going to uh, we're going to set the stage here in the next year for really revamping all of our facilities and um, matching that with our philosophical views on teaching and learning. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that I think that was um, is pretty cool to be a part of is as we have these conversations about our philosophy of kids and working with kids and how it's important to them, that that takes shape into an actual building. And right. that will help support the, 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 the things that we do in a classroom Absolutely. actually matches that. Absolutely. So, um, that's cool. You know what? All right, so here's here's the big finish. Now you had a you had some big big statements in yeah, there. Yeah, I know. So this is, is a lot of build up here. If you could give one piece of advice to a student or to a teacher or to a community member, anybody you want, what would you give? Students, especially, um, and I use this with my students when I was teaching at the high school, is uh, don't give up. Don't think that your past mistakes are defining your future because they don't there is always room to recover no matter how big your mistakes are no matter how far you get behind let's say you failed five classes um you know as a freshman or sophomore and you're behind of graduation you can still go on to do great things because your high school experience is a small part of your overall life and there is still i mean look at me a 2.6 to being a superintendent in 20 years um perseverance can outperform mistakes every single year. And so I tell students not to give up on their dreams and don't be defined by their mistakes. Um, teachers, is a, it, I've learned now being a, a building principal and superintendent, the conversation that I wish every teacher uh, would have with me is don't define your students by 
the chapter that you walk into their life. Let's say you're a high school teacher. You know, you're walking in, you're defining a student by chapter one in your experience with them, when really it's chapter 15 of their life. And so don't judge students by the chapter that you walk in on. Judge them by who they are and what they do in your classroom and then motivate them to be better. Because I think all kids deserve hope. All kids deserve, um, you know, us to be their advocates. And there's some tough kids out there that it's hard to do that for. But um, I think we would be a successful system if, uh, if we could advocate for every single kid, regardless of the mistakes they make, and give them opportunities beyond us. Right on. All right, that was great. Big finish. I, right. I know it's longer than the 10 minutes, so I apologize. <laughs> We're only but. at 16 and a half. That's not bad. Thank you for taking the time. And thank you for having me.